1: Irish Cream Cold Brew with Cold Foam now at Tim Hortons. Or try Cold Foam on any of your Tim Hortons favorites. Modifications extra for a limited time at participating in U.S. locations.
3: You had a bad day. take one down. You sing the sad song. Just
4: to and welcome back to the X Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll free 1 800 610 7035. My email address is X at X dot com. On MSN Messenger, X Radio TV at Hotmail dot com. And our website, www.exoneradiotv.com. My guest this hour is Mary Bailey, and we're going to be speaking to Mary about her book, which is entitled Jesus, My Son, and her website is www.jesusmyson.com. And Mary, welcome to the Exxon.
2: Thank you. It's good to be here.
4: Mary, tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Well, I'm a retired technology professional. I retired from the Commonwealth of Kentucky mm-hmm. about ten years ago, and I have enjoyed my retirement considerably. I have two sons, seven grandchildren, all since I retired. I have a husband of forty years, and we we uh, share our time between Frankfort, Kentucky, here, and Sebring,
4: Florida. My goodness. Um what was your inspiration in writing your book, Jesus, My Son, Mary's Journal of Jesus' Early Life?
2: The inspiration came from a sermon one Sunday morning. Um. Um, Brother Joe Brown preached a sermon about Mary and Joseph taking Jesus to the temple for a redemption ceremony. And in that sermon, he talked about Mary and Joseph offering the sacrifice which was an unblemished, which was at uh, two turtle doves, And he went on to read in the Levitical Law about this sacrifice being a sacrifice of the poor. And it just kind of hit me that day. He, I, I'd say he really lit a spark in my heart. And God kept fueling that spark until I just wanted to write, because I thought about how awful or how strange Mary's life must have been, how different. Because here she was, she had the Messiah, she had the Savior of the Jews, Mm -hmm. and all she had was a sacrifice of the poor. So with that inspiration, I kept uh, writing, I just started writing about different things that I thought Mary would feel, the different ways she would feel about things, like as a young teenage pregnant girl, which is what she was, whose fiance did didn't believe her story how she would feel when she gave birth, when the shepherds came storming in that stable. I'm sure she was scared to death, as most teenage girls would have been. And I just kept uh, writing things, and I kept getting information from TVs, from radios, from other sermons. Whenever I needed something, I would get stuck on some idea, God would provide me a means to answer my question.
4: You know, you you said when the when the shepherds barged in, basically, I, I thought that they were invited in.
2: The angel appeared to the shepherds. The angels appeared to shepherds while they were watching their mm-hmm. flock at
4: night. Yeah, I understand that Very, part. But when it actually gets down to the manger, you know, wasn't the manger open to the public anyway?
2: The manger was open to the public, probably. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, from my research, a lot of the, the manger was probably a cave mm-hmm. in the rocks. That's where most of the stables stables were at that time. They were like caves that were built in the rocks. And so the angels were invited in by the the shepherds were invited yeah. in by the angels. But I don't think Mary knew they were coming. I so see. I'm I'm thinking about Mary sitting there. She'd just given birth, just with her and Joseph there, she'd just given birth and she was sitting there home with this little baby But, but she, she also she also
4: knew that she was she was carrying the Savior. So wouldn't she have had an idea that strange things were going to happen at the moment of his birth and that she should expect the unexpected? We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as the Exxon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Mary Bailey's my special guest this hour. Her website is JesusMySon.com. Don't go away. We'll be back. explanation my guest this hour is Mary Bailey she's the author of Jesus my son Mary's Journal of Jesus's early life her website is Jesusmyson.com I, what I was getting at um before we went to the commercial break and I'm sorry that it came up so fast was that you know Mary had already had angelic presences and you know it it shouldn't have come to her as a surprise that that there, there would be so many mysterious and yet wonderful events that would happen to her, not only prior to the birth of Christ, but after his birth. And and I would imagine that the angels telling the shepherds was an invitation that they would be welcomed at the scene of the of the birth of Christ.
2: Yeah, I think they were welcomed. But like I'm saying I think Mary was sitting there holding her baby. Just had just given birth, and she's mm-hmm. quite scared anyway. She's a young teenage girl. And for all of a sudden, a bunch of dirty, smelly shepherds to run in. And now,
4: wait a, really now wait a second. no wait a second. No wait a second. Now, wait a second. I think that's being rather <laughs> harsh. You know, because they were, you know, they were, they were asked, they were told of the birth. So, you know, whether they were shepherds, whether they were farmers, or whether whatever, you know, they're out tending their flocks. So they, you know, like they were doing what they did, you know. So why, you know, I think it's rather harsh to, to to talk about them in a negative way.
2: I'm not talking about them in a negative way, because really, you got to look at shepherds at that time. Shepherds at that time were very untrustworthy people. They were probably the lowest form of people alive at that time. In fact, they were so untrustworthy, their testimony couldn't even be used in a court of law. So I think Mary mm-hmm. knew she had this king... This baby, he was going to inherit the king, the throne of David. That's what Gabriel had told her. So when the shepherds, the lowliest of the low, came in, I'm sure she was surprised. I think she accepted it when she saw how they bowed and adored him and started worshiping him. I think, but I think the first instant, she was very surprised and very scared. And I think that's why I used the journal format in my book. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to tell of Mary's feelings. We never think about how Mary felt during all these things. And you're right. These people are all invited and a lot of things happened, but we never realize how Mary felt. And I don't think Mary really knew what to expect. She was... She, the, the angel Gabriel told her she was going to have a son who would inherit the throne of David. Now, as a teenage girl, I think Mary thought that was going to be a big mansion somewhere. And I think most of the... Well, people didn't believe the shepherds, we know that, mm-hmm. because when the shepherds left proclaiming and praising God, nobody believed them. Well, if you, they might, had you... Him, you think Mary and Joseph and the baby would have been allowed to return home?
4: Well, you must admit it was a rather startling story that the shepherds were were spreading, that it would raise skepticism even in today's society, let alone 2,000 years well, ago.
2: Of course it would, and I think it did then, too, I think... People looked at them like, who do they think they are, that mm-hmm. the Messiah, our Savior, would appear to somebody as lowly as them?
4: Tell me, what I qualifies you to write this book?
2: What qualify me? I, you know, Rob, I'm not any more qualified than anybody else to write this mm-hmm. book. It's biblical fiction. It doesn't take a special talent to apply the... Thoughts and milestones of a young boy to Jesus' life, and that's what I did. I took everyday every happenings and applied them okay. to Jesus' life and Mary's life through Mary's eyes. But the only difference in me or you or anybody else who could have written this book is that little spark that God started in my heart. He gave me the motivation, He gave me the drive, and He gave me the insight that I needed to develop the story the way I hope He wanted it developed.
4: Why so was it why take a was a lot of
2: qualifications? It's just that it was the qual the drive was given to me.
4: Why was Mary chosen for this awesome event?
2: Well, I think uh geez, to me it's just God looked just like God looked at David's heart. When he chose David to be king. God looked at Mary's heart the same way and thought that she was qualified to handle the challenge of being the mother of his son. And I think that was that was had that had to be an awesome thing, but I really also believe there was something that put Mary apart from all the other young virgin girls during that time. I think most young virgin girls from the time of Jesus were very righteous devout girls. You know, they they, they didn't run around. If they did they were stoned to death. All kinds of things happened to them at that time if they were rambunctious little girls. So I think most of the little girls during Jesus' time were righteous. And i that's where I get my idea from my book. I believe that Mary was able to write, and most people would say mm-hmm. that couldn't have happened during those times. Girls couldn't write. But I feel like Mary's mother and father, they, they were wise enough to know that... It was okay for a girl to write, to learn to read and write also. So I think Mary learned to read and write just like her brother when he was going through his studies in their home. And I think that's another reason. And this is where I use my literary license a little bit. There's nothing in Scripture that tells us this. In fact, I've had people say, there's no way Mary could have done this. So I use my literary license to say, this is the way my story comes out in a journal. I wanted Mary to be able to write her feelings. So, this is a little special thing that Mary had that set her apart from all the other young virgin girls. But first and foremost, God looked at her heart and saw that her heart
4: was ready to accept that challenge. if, If God chose Mary for this awesome event, was Joseph also selected by God? And if so, why?
2: I think Joseph had to be selected by God. You have to look at Joseph and there's scripture that kind of gives us a lot of insight in Joseph. When you look at the writings in Matthew, there's a two, Matthew and Luke are the only two uh, Gospels who talk about the birth. When you look at what's written in Matthew, it had to come from somebody very close to Joseph, because that is Joseph's story. It's very cut, it's very dry. They were engaged to be married. Mary got pregnant. Joseph had in mind to put her away privately. And then the angel appeared to Joseph. Now, my first thought when I read that, and it really got me thinking, is why would Joseph want to put her away privately? You know, she had just told him that she had conceived the child of the Holy Spirit.
4: Maybe he didn't believe her.
2: Why wasn't he celebrating my point exactly? He should have been celebrating, but mm-hmm. instead, he didn't believe her. And you can't fault Joseph, because there's not many people today. You take me in today, if they're engaged to a teenage girl, and she comes up and says, I'm going to have a baby, and it's the seed of the Holy Spirit. There aren't very many people who are going to believe that. And I think Joseph especially thought, like everybody else, mm-hmm. that the Messiah would not come from a humble peasant girl like Mary. So I think... The fact that Mary wanted to put her, that Joseph wanted to put her away privately says a lot about Joseph. First of all, it says he didn't want to have her stoned to death. He only had three options: he could have had her stoned to death, and he didn't want to do that. He could have put her away privately, which is what Matthew tells us he meant to do, or he could have gone ahead and married her.
4: Is it Joseph- possible? Is it possible that it was Joseph who actually got Mary pregnant, and they created this entire scenario to save faith?
2: I do not believe that. No, I, I, no, I no, I, I'm, no I'm not way.
4: asking you if you believe it. I'm asking you if it's possible.
2: I don't think it's possible. Why not? Because we have scripture that tells us completely differently, and that I, doesn't I, I mean not
4: that pictures. doesn't mean it's true. Because there's nobody around in this time that was around in that time that could collaborate the evidence.
2: No, but there were a lot of people around at that time who wrote the Gospels, <clears throat> pardon me, who wrote the Gospels that tells us this is what happened.
4: But there are only two that actually wrote the Gospel.
2: There are only two, and one of them is Matthew, and this is one point where I'm saying that uh, when I needed something to find out what something, mm-hmm. how something happened, God provided an answer. Because I kept thinking, how did Matthew know this? How did Matthew know those intimate details that Joseph, about Joseph? There's very few people that he, Joseph wasn't proud of the fact that he didn't believe Miriam. After all, he, an angel appeared to him. He realized she was carrying the son of the son of God also, so he wasn't proud of the fact that he didn't believe her. So when that Sunday night had a revival at church, and preacher said, some scholars believe that Joseph had a brother. His name is Alphaeus, and he had two sons, Matthew and James. So Matthew was very possibly Joseph's nephew. He heard what he wrote directly from his father or from his uncle Joseph, and he is probably the only person besides Joseph and Mary who knew that Joseph had in mind to put her away privately, because it's not something he'd been proud of.
4: Is that in the Bible?
2: It is in the Bible. Is what in the Bible?
4: Well, you just told us about Matthew and James being possibly cousins to no, Jesus. No,
2: that is... That's through a lot of research, through a lot of scholars' research. But if it's. The, I found it I, in uh, my research, and this preacher found it also, so I felt like it was. If some scholars believe that, I, I had to. Like I say, this is fiction. you got to remember, mm-hmm. but I think it's very valid fiction. It could very poss- possibly happen that way because it had to be. It had to be somebody close to Joseph to know this.
4: If the events really happened.
2: If the events really happened.
4: 1-800-610-7035, Worldwide Toll Free. That's our telephone number here for the XO. don't forget, XO Nation, November, we move to the Niagara Now TV studios in Niagara Falls, Ontario, where we'll be broadcasting our show nightly, Monday through Friday. And uh, you'll, you're welcome to join us. We have a full uh, studio theater over there where you can join us. The doors will be opening at, I believe, at 9 o'clock in the evening, and you'll be able to stay with us and talk to our, our guests. And uh, we're just going to have a blast That's starting November this year, in the year 2010. My guest of this hour is Mary Bailey. She's the author of Jesus, My Son, Mary's Journal of Jesus's Early Life. Her website is www.jesusmyson.com. And we'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as the exon continues from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. My name is Rob McConnell. Don't go away.
1: Irish Cream Cold Brew with Cold Foam now at Tim Hortons. Or try Cold Foam on any of your Tim Hortons favorites. Modifications extra for a limited time at participating U.S. locations. Texting privacy policy and terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out.
4: Dot .com on MSN Messenger Xone Radio TV at hotmail.com and our website <laughs> com. I believe it's meant to be done I watch you
3: no matter what you are I
4: Mary Bailey is my guest of this hour, XO Nation. She's the author of Jesus, My Son, Mary's Journal of Jesus' Early Life. Her website is www.jesusmyson.com. Mary, why is there so little written in the Bible about the younger years of Christ?
2: I don't know, unless from what I think, it's that they're not that important I think they're important to know that Jesus was a very normal child, but I don't think he received the ability to do his ministry work until he was baptized. So what happened before, in fact, if you look at John, John doesn't mention the early life of Jesus at all, nothing about it. And I think to John, Jesus' life as the Messiah didn't really begin until he was baptized.
4: But don't so you find that str- don't you find that strange? I've always found that very strange. That here we've got the Messiah, his his pre birth, his birth is is documented, and then there's such a a gap. And
2: his birth and pre birth is documented very seldom. There's only like 184 verses in the whole Bible that mention that, and. I've, I've kind of wondered about it, but at the same time, if people had known, if we had known more about Jesus' life during that time, what would it be? That he cut a first tooth, that he uh, he ran a race, that he had brothers and sisters.
4: Well, he, w- wouldn't that be very uh, important? Uh, wouldn't that be very important to know if Christ did have brothers and sisters?
2: Well, he did have brothers and sisters. It says he had names, name, name, four brothers and, two, and at least sisters. You know, at least two because it was a plural for sisters. So he did, and I think it's important in my book. I think it's very relevant because he had a family life.
4: He, what was his family actually, life? What was his family life like in your book?
2: His family life. Jesus was a very loving, caring brother to his brothers and sisters. He was a very loving, caring son to Mary. Uh He was a very normal child. He uh, did all the things. He had chores that he had mm-hmm. to do every night. I think he probably ran a pottery mill for a time. I think he probably wanted to play the harp, which is what every kid that age was doing at the time. He did help Joseph in the carpentry business. We do know that. That is that is documented that he Kept his father, that he stayed and he grew in wisdom and stature with God and me. And that's all we know about those first 30 years. So I think those first 30 years, God was preparing him by letting him live a very normal life, just like he went to school. It was mandatory education at that time. So he did go to school in the synagogue. He was taught by the synagogue. He probably read scrolls from the synagogue from the time he was 13. He probably did a lot of things that, most of the things that Young boys do today, just in a different manner. He played games. He had friends. His home life—I think it was probably a very small home. In fact, I think when we first uh, got married, it was probably he, they probably had two rooms. One was me Joseph's shop, and one was for their living quarters. Most houses in that time were built in caves. There would be a big oven in the house, and above the house would be the bed where they slept, and the oven kind of kept them warm and kind of conserved space. So I think he lived a very normal family life. The food they ate, they ate the roasted lamb, they ate a lot of of fruits.
4: I'd just like to go back to the nativity scene for, for a moment or two. The three kings, the three wise men, when did they actually come to visit Christ?
2: Well, if you look at that whole scenario when they are in the cave. Mm-hmm. They were they the Mary was the baby was born and then they had to wait eight days and it was circumcised. And then they had to wait thirty three more days for the purification and the redemption ceremony where Jesus was presented in the temple. Now we I've talked earlier about the sacrifice they used for that redemption ceremony was the two turtle doves. Mhm. Instead of the unblemished lamb, which is the requirement, and said if if you can't afford uh, an unblemished lamb, then two doves will do. So at that point, Mary and Joseph were very poor. They had no money. I believe the Magi could not have visited before those 42 days, or Mary, being a young teenage girl, would have made sure they had that unblemished lamb, which was a sacrifice of the wealthy for once she would want the sacrifice of the wealthy for this Messiah, for this kingdom she was carrying. So I believe the Magi visited sometimes really soon after they presented Jesus in the temple, but before they had a chance to start back home, because it says they did visit him in Bethlehem, and their home was in Nazareth. So I think just a very few days while mm-hmm. they were getting ready to go back home, the Magi visited, and instead of going home, they used the money from the gifts that the Magi had given them to go to Egypt
4: what other discrepancies do you believe you've you've uncovered in the in the story of Christ
2: discrepancies I wouldn't call them discrepancies I really not tried to contradict anything that's in the scripture that was in, first and foremost I didn't want to take away from anything that was there I just wanted to kind of give substance mm-hmm. to what was there and when you look at Matthew and Luke they're all written from a it's they're just they're very cut-and-dry stories, and when you look at them, it looks like they're talking about two different complete stories. But when you look at them through the eyes of Mary, they kind of they fit together like a jigsaw puzzle. Like when Mary went to visit Elizabeth, I've read this story many hundreds of times, and when I started reading it and really looking at it, it Mary just didn't go visit Elizabeth. She hurried to Elizabeth. And this is why I think when you asked me earlier if I believed it really happened, that they just, see, just kind of make the story up because she did get pregnant, uh, they, Mary would not have felt like she had to hurry to Elizabeth if that had really happened. I feel like Mary was hurrying because she really didn't know what Joseph was going to do to her because he, th- she, he thought she had been unfaithful. And so she was actually running away from home. I've often wondered why she went to visit for three months. Why, would, why didn't she stay there and celebrate with her fiancé and with her parents? Why didn't they celebrate this glorious news? But she didn't. She ran away. She hurried. She hurried to Elizabeth and Zacharias. And I feel like God intended for her to do that. He didn't appear to Joseph till after she had hurried to Elizabeth because mm-hmm. he needed her to learn what she could from Elizabeth. God knew where Mary was gonna be when she gave birth to his son. He wanted her to be as prepared as she possibly could for this experience. And watching Mary give birth to John and studying with Zechariah and Elizabeth for those three months helped her she was probably feeling very doubtful herself whether this was really this really happened, especially when Joseph didn't believe her. So going to Elizabeth and Zachariah when she walked in the door, Elizabeth's baby leapt in her womb. This confirmed to Mary that she really was carrying the Messiah. When Elizabeth said, "Why would my mother, the mother of my Lord, come to visit me?" It just helped confirm to Mary. And then when she did the Magnificat, when she did her song, Mary needed that encouragement. She needed what she could learn from Zachariah and Elizabeth, and God knew that. And that's why he didn't appear to Joseph before Mary told him what was going on.
4: Here we have the Messiah, the King. His Father is God. Did Christ perform any miracles as a youngster? We don't know, because there's not very much written about him. When did he we perfor- don't really
2: know. But when you look at the first public miracle that Jesus performed, Mm -hmm. the wedding in Canaan when he turned the water to wine, we can get a lot by just looking at that scripture. First of all, that wedding had to be very special to Mary. As a guest, you're not really too concerned about the water, the wine shortage. You know, as a normal guest in a wedding ceremony, it happens all the time. People get a little bit rowdy in a wedding, they drink too much wine. But this had to be very special to Mary for her, to want that wine shortage replenished. And I'm assuming in my book that this was probably one of Mary's daughters. This is probably Jesus' baby sister that was being married. And since Joseph had already died, Mary would have probably taken the role of giving this baby sister away. He would that's why he went to the wedding. If you notice he'd already gotten his followers, or some of his followers at that time, and they were all invited to the wedding. So they went to the wedding to perform this duty Mm -hmm. you look at what's said in that scripture there mary just she doesn't ask jesus anything she just tells him they are out of wine that's all she says and then jesus he says why are you asking me this it's not my time yet she completely ignored him she just completely ignored that answer and goes to the head waiter and says do whatever he tells you to do she knew without a doubt that Jesus could take care of that wine shortage. She had seen him perform much more when he was living at home.
4: I wonder if that was part of God's plan to use Jesus as a wine caterer.
2: Well, I think it's all part of God's plan. Anything Jesus did, I think, was a part of a more divine plan than just something that happened. But I think he put it all together, and the reason this he did... He changed the water to wine, this miracle, was so that the believers that were with him, so that they could start believing also. I mean, he had just gotten these, I think that six of them were with him at the time. He just picked these uh, people up and said, let's go home and go, let's go to this wedding.
4: Tell me, And do they you think... had
2: given up everything to follow him. And they mm-hmm. needed to be affirmed that this really was and the sign that he really did have a lot more powers than just somebody they were following.
4: Tell me, do you think that Jesus was actually married to Mary Magdalene, or do you think this is all smoke and mirrors?
2: I think that's all smoke and mirrors. I really do. I think Jesus was married to his father. I think he, he was completely, completely okay. devoted to his father. Shouldn't we
4: say that Jesus was devoted to his father? I think by saying Jesus is married, was married to his father, that might give people the wrong impression.
2: Say, Mary, did. I, <laughs> yeah, <you laughs> I didn't did. mean to, but he was definitely devoted to his father. His, his twenty four seven. He mm-hmm. was Christ driven. He was driven by his father to perform his mission.
4: So, why All do you right. th- why do you think the controversy with Mary Magdalene and the Holy Grail has has uh, you know popped up? Well,
2: it, whatever you do, especially when you go with to scripture. There's going to be controversy, and there are going to be people who want to make it as controversial as possible. Now, I think Mary Magdalene was a key person in Jesus' life. I think she was a follower, just like his mother Mary was a follower at times. I think they provided a lot for Jesus. I think they, they helped console the sick people. I think they helped the people. I think they were there as a purpose. We don't really know what they did. We just know that they followed them. A lot of them followed them, and... That they were there for for Jesus as for some, as much as support for anything else. You know, Jesus had to get get worried of, and all of his followers too. I think more support for his followers in Jesus because Jesus enjoyed everything he did. He was following his father's mission. He was pre- preparing for what God had planned for him. But the, his followers, I think, required a lot more. I think they needed even people to cook for them and people to do things for them. I think that was a role. I think they were, the women were there for a specific role.
4: Do you think that there might have been some pressure put on the early doctrines that you can't have... Someone like Mary Magdalene sharing the limelight with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and this is why Mary Magdalene might have been put into the the uh, background as she has.
2: I think that's we're talking about two completely different people. I think as far as Mary, the mother of Jesus, mm-hmm. her role was raising Jesus the first thirty years, and then. Jesus completely disowned her. He really disowned her when they went to, to get him when he was preaching. She and her brothers went to get him, and he pretty much disowned her and said, You are not my family anymore. Now I think there was a reason for that, and I think that, that comes out in my next book. But as far as Mary Magdalene, I don't think she, there was any competition there at all. I don't think there was any similarity in the roles they played at all. I just, I think they were both there to, to, they were both there to support Jesus, but in a different manner. Hmm.
4: All right, stand by. You and I have to take our final break for this hour. Nation, Mary Bailey is our guest this hour. The name of her book is Jesus, My Son, Mary's Journal of Jesus' Early Life. It is a fictional account. Her website is uh, www.jesusmyson.com and her book is available at Barnes & Noble. It's also available at authorhouse.com, amazon.com, and as I said, barnesandnoble.com. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
3: I know it's hard believing The words you've heard before But darling, you must trust them Just once more
4: So, donation, Mary Bailey, has been our guest this hour. She's the author of Jesus, My Son, Mary's Journal of Jesus' Her Early Life. It's available at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and AuthorHouse.com. Her website, www.JesusMySon.com. Mary, what do you hope to accomplish with your book, Jesus, My Son? Well, the whole
2: purpose in my book was to give substance to... St- What's already written about Jesus, mm-hmm. and <laughs> just I wanted to let people know that Jesus really was a, a boy just like children today. That Mary really was a mother like mothers today. It gives insight into what Jesus may have done, into what Mary, how Mary may have raised her son. Mary was always expecting something better. I think she was always expecting that kingdom that the Gabriel mm-hmm. promised her, but yet she lived a very humble existence for her whole life, and I think mothers today do that too. I think everybody today, every mother today, is always looking for something better for their children. I think Mary was no different than that. I think by seeing Jesus as a child, we learn to to feel the pain when mm-hmm. Jesus was hanging on that cross. Instead of, when I take communion now and I see the broken bread and the wine that represents the blood, I don't see that grown man hanging on that cross anymore. I see a young toddler running through the field with his mother. I see a young boy playing with other young boys. I see him just like I see a lot of people, a lot of kids, a lot of children today, and a lot of mothers today. He was a human being in every sense of the word for those first 30 years. And I think we lose that sometimes. And by getting that feeling, we can relate to Jesus more by thinking that he is just like we are today. His mother is just like we are today.
4: What do you think Jesus would say if he was to return this very day at the condition and situation that the world is in?
2: Oh my, what's happened? Mm. I just I feel like he is we have completely I won't say completely because we do have some very strong Christians still here and I think there's a, there's a strong voice out there. We just need to Get them all together, and sometimes that's very hard to do. But I think when Jesus looks at what's going on with the teenagers today and and what they're exposed to, it, teenagers are what they are brought up to be, and what they're exposed to, I think, is is, is sad. And I think Jesus cries. Every well, I, time you know, he I, I,
4: I, I don't know if Jesus would approve of Pastor Jones in Florida burning the Koran, and uh, Pastor Jones certainly is no, uh, no teenager.
2: I don't think Jesus would approve of that either. No, I think do there's I. a lot of blogs about that yeah. right now. That Mary, we've got to
4: say so long. I do want to thank you very much for coming on the show. Continued success with your book, and I look forward to talking to you when your new book comes out.
2: Thank you very much. I you, really appreciate the time.
4: You take care of yourself now. Nice talking to you. you, you Mary Bailey has you. been our very special guest this hour, XO Nation. A lady who stands her ground, and she knows her, uh, she certainly does know her scripture. Nice talking to her. Her website, www.jesusmyson.com, and her book is available at authorhouse.com, amazon.com, and Barnes & Noble. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada.